We were home alone once, and our son was sleeping peacefully in his little bed, sound asleep. He'd been down for over an hour, and my wife and I had the brilliant idea of getting some action. She gave me the look, and one thing led to another. The heat level got very heated very quickly, and we moved from simmering to blistering in seconds. This was after our a very successful 30-day streak, which I go into more detail on in my book, Crash Course on Sex for Christian Couples, available in ebook format at your preferred platform. I've linked to this book in the various platforms in the description. Now, anyways, the blistering was thrown into a cold plunge when my son woke up in what I believe to be a blistering cry of his own. Now, a friend of mine had warned me about about babies and he used a football analogy where he calls them defenders. Now, he calls them defenders because he says they are always ruffling you, trying to keep you from scoring. This is what he says. And the warning is one thing, but experiencing what he was warning me against was another. So, in this episode, I deal with um our bundles of joy and answering the question of how do you manage your relationship with children in the house by your relationship i mean your marriage relationship with your spouse and of course your sexual relationship with your spouse now i'm going to be speaking about this from a perspective of having children who are infants not necessarily children who are uh, much older but this could also be applicable in that situation with a few tweaks that i believe would be um, very easy to modify from what i'm going to give a side note this may be uh, less relevant to you if you have fully grown children as i said or even children in their teens and children of um basically children who are independent so any other stage you may want to listen in my book i have a few tips on how you can manage the situation of having children in the house and managing your relationship because it's not one you can escape you can't um, escape the demands of parenthood because sometimes these demands kind of rival your matrimonial demands and it's important to keep the two separate. Now, I believe this is a great place to start, especially in segueing into what it is that I have in the book and what I can share with you in this podcast. I believe, firstly, that marriage trumps parenthood. And I believe it's important that you understand that marriage will always trump parenthood. It's the institution that usually precedes parenthood and it's the foundation of the family unit and even the only relationship that foretells the Christchurch relationship as it will be when he returns because he is definitely coming back. Amen. Now, I've heard many people say their children come first and unfortunately, um, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that my children are every, everything to me and nothing 
should be your everything save for the Lord Jesus Christ himself, not even your wife or your husband. So if you learn anything, it is this. If you are to learn anything from this podcast, it is this. Parenthood will always be subject to your matrimonial vows or rather marriage trumps parenthood now if you remember the story of job he lost all his children and his wife told um job to denounce god and that was everything job lost literally everything in a matter of hours if i if i'm not mistaken he lost literally everything his possessions his children his business everything he lost it now if his children were what most people call children these days that's not my children are my everything if his children were his everything it would have been easy for him to denounce god and because they weren't his everything and everything that he owned wasn't his everything. God was his everything. It was not easy for him to then denounce God following the loss of everything that he owned. So it's very important to understand that. When your marriage takes priority, given that it's going to um, endure your parenting journey, I mean, you have kids and your kids will only be kids for a set period of time at some point they will leave your house and you'll be empty nesters and you'd have to deal with the marriage relationship that you've put on ice for for decades now it's important for you to prioritize this marriage because it will outlive your your engaged parenting journey because you are a parent until the day that you die as long as you have children you always remain a parent but the part of your parenthood that is engaged where you have to take care of your children, look after them, um, maybe uh, even support them financially will most likely come to an end. But your marriage relationship will always, always, always be, and hopefully it will be, um, it will last more than your engaged years as a parent. Now, it's important to prioritize your marriage because I believe it is fa is the foundation of the family and the foundation of great parenthood. Like I see it in my own house, because of how we place importance on having a great relationship, my wife and I, as a team, we're able to parent our son in a very effective way. We agree on a lot of the stuff that we do to him and we're consistent. When he comes to me, he gets a similar treatment on 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 most areas that he will get from his mom and in that way we are a team together and we are setting the tone where it will be very difficult for him or any of, of our future children to come between us because our marriage is the center of the family and the center of our parenthood so that's the first thing that is very important to take note of in terms of managing your relationship in the presence of children. The second thing is to take the wins. Now, this is a straightforward piece of advice because taking the wins is basically understanding that perfect does not exist because there will never be the perfect condition for sex, especially in the period of zero to two years. 
you just have to take the wins not only on a sexual perspective even relationally i mean it's important for you to steal away and lay a rug on the floor just to connect even if it's in the household when you've put your children down that half an hour one hour you spend just talking not necessarily having um, sex just just connecting and um re not even reigniting but keeping the spark alive keeping that knowing each other alive is very important because parent can demand so much from you that your relationship falls so it's important for you to fight for it in a sense this is um, a circle back to the first point that i mentioned of prioritizing your marriage and because marriage always trumps parenthood so the second one here is to take the wins if you get those moments to steal away take those moments if you can get someone to watch your children for even an hour take those wins and count them as a very great blessing because sometimes they are few and far between especially if you have uh, multiple children who are at different stages of their development it is very taxing so it's important for you to take the wins i feel inspired here to remind you of one thing that i mentioned in earlier episodes where i gave you a tip on using quickies as something that could keep the spark alive quickies are also something something that you can use in your arsenal especially if you are very strapped for time you need to take those wins those five ten minute moments where you can just have something steamy very quickly and get back to life as if nothing happened are very important because you need them you need to constantly stay connected with each other because when you do so you become effective in the other areas of your life including parenthood so that's the tip number two of taking the wins in terms of managing your relationship in the presence of children the third thing will flow from the second one and that is teamwork this is probably the biggest pain point for women out there wives who have to carry the responsibility of parenthood alone with limited to no support from their husbands now perhaps it's the traditional view that babies are a woman's job and i myself am quite traditional in my views at least by by the accounts of many people who are in my circle but i've witnessed the power of teamwork when it comes to taking care of children now some men don't realize that the thing that keeps their wives from satisfying their sexual needs is that she's too tired by the time you roll around in bed you you come around to bed in the evening after watching your favorite shows she's spent and you wonder why she's always tired but when you drill down into it you realize it's because she has to wash dress feed and put children to sleep then she has to prepare for and serve and clean up after her husband and by the time you come to bed after watching your favorite tv program and eating the meal that she prepared and listening to the joyous sound of the children that she's washing and and clothing and putting to bed she spent she has no more spending left for your all important sexual needs so it's important to then take on the role of a team member rather than a delegator i heard some wise advice about this once and it says a burden shared is a burden halved a joy shared 
is a joy doubled. Now, in the context of sex, when you have the energy demanding, um, when you have the energy demanding activities, you get a free pass on double the joy, making the best um, sexual experience basically because you if you had 10 tasks for an example if your wife had 10 tasks to do if you could take three away the energy that she would have spent doing those three is energy that she can now spend doing you so to speak so find the things that take your wife's attention her time and energy and this applies for men as well um ladies find the things that take some time and attention from your husband and get busy get busy playing um a great team member rather than a delegator now i'm not a saint in the area myself but taking over the washing up of my son getting him prepared for bed allows my wife to do other things which leaves some spending in the tank for her to spend it on me now this is just an example of the things that i do around the house i believe there's so much more that i do yes but it's important to keep that at the back at the front of my of our minds rather to look out for things that are very taxing for our spouses and things that actually eat up their attention and time and try to um, contribute positively in those areas so that we would half the burden to double the joy now there's also a mental aspect to this because if you ask your wife or your husband you'd be surprised how much of a turn on seeing you help around the house is because a good friend of mine taught me about this not so long ago he says never underestimate the power of grabbing the broom and sweeping because it might free your wife's hands to grab other things and it was like um, a wink wink situation when he talked about um, freeing the wife's hands to grab other things because it's important to be a team your husband your husband and wife because that's how you should approach life it's a two of you and yes you have different skill sets you have different abilities and you might find that certain abilities of yours for an example i i i'm terrible at making meals but my wife is good at that but there are parts of making meals that i can lend a hand in and effectively um, reduce the load of preparing meals Although my wife is not very fond of having me in the kitchen, but it's an example nonetheless. For you, it could be something else. But it's always important to look out for things that are energy demanding and how you could reduce those things in order for the, en the energy that otherwise would have been spent doing those things could be spent doing the things that you like, which may or may not mean sex. The fourth thing that... I want to share in terms of managing a relationship, your marriage relationship in the presence of children, is that of skills transfer. Now, in my line of work, the line that I was trained in, the one that I work in on a nine-to-five basis, one's ability to adapt and transfer their skills in one area to another area is a skill in and of itself. 
So my observation is that we tend to live life in partitions. And by this, I mean we have work mode where we're at work. These are the things that we do at work. Then we have home mode. And then we switch around. We have church mode. Okay, now I'm in church. I'm worshiping. And this is the mode that... um, or the mode settings that a lot of people are guilty of, especially the ones that only remember that they own a Bible on the Sunday morning before church. Yes, so we get that church mode on, and then we have other modes which we probably don't like publicizing. But people close to us would know that, ah, I know he has that mode, where it just blows off a whole lot of steam for something that is close to nothing now having this mode like living is very exhausting but it's also limiting because the training that we get in the different areas that we operate in can be transferable to um to our life generally i mean there are skills that we possess in our vocation that would be worth employing in our relationship in my book i go into what these skills are and how you can apply them but i'll share with you some of them here and one of the skills that we learn in our vocation that we tend to not apply in our relationship is that of efficiency and efficiency is using the least amount of resources to get a maximum output or getting the most out of the resources that we use Now, we tend to not apply this and we see it in many different ways because we are not efficient in the way that we plan our time out, for an example. We're not efficient because we don't maximize the output that we can get from the time that we have. Let me make you an example. It is efficient for you to have a washing machine, for an example. Because rather than spending two hours doing washing by hand, you can literally throw it in the washing machine and have that two hours to do something else. That is an example of efficiency. The same goes for dishwasher or anything that could reduce the time that you spend on a particular activity and have you spend a fraction of that time to get the same result. Because then at the end of the day, what you want by washing clothes is clean clothes what you want by washing dishes is clean dishes and if you could do that without spending the same amount of time that you would or with spending a fraction of the time that you would why not so it's important to look at the areas in your life and your marriage and your family life where you could employ some of the efficiencies that you are so good at doing in your vocation the other thing that we tend to not do uh, and that and that is flowing from my washing machine example here is that of outsourcing delegation or automating i mean this is a, a a tip that we or this is something that we use so much in our work we delegate we automate and we outsource a lot of the functions that may be repetitive a lot of the functions that may require um intensive labor that may require resources that we think could be better placed elsewhere like the washing machine example now this outsourcing or delegation and automation is making use of resources such as money to buy back some of your time 
and effort in order for it to be redirected into the things that you actually would like to do or the things that would benefit your relationship or even to make savings for an example um an example of this would be the financial cost of not spending time with your spouse versus the estimated um value that you would get from using things such as outsourcing what do i mean by this i mean that taking your wife out for a meal means that she doesn't have to prepare it or you don't have to prepare the meal if you're the one who does meal preparations and in this way you are able to enjoy each other's company for longer than you would if you had meal prep and you had to serve the meal and clean up after you after yourselves when you are eating at home this is why it's important to periodically then go and have a sit down and eat out and have people waiting on you and people serving you and once you're done eating you just up and leave and if you can you could even order a cab to drive you from home to where you're going so that all you do is get in the car get to where you're going to eat eat get in the car come back home without doing much and this is an example of um outsourcing because you're still getting the meal it's just that the preparation and the cleanup afterward is being outsourced to someone else and you are paying for that and this outsourcing thing became very apparent to me when um my friend's wife said uh, very profound words she says you can't outsource spending time with your spouse and that hit me because i realized that I can outsource so many other things but the thing that I can't outsource is spending time with my wife. I have to spend time with my wife. It's not like I could get some AI powered robot to sit with my to, with my wife on my behalf. I'm the one who has to do it. But I can get an AI an AI powered robot to do other things that would reduce the time that I would need to spend on those activities and give me more time to spend with my wife. So this was a very profound lesson for me and I believe these three things the outsourcing and the efficiency and these two things basically the outsourcing delegation automation along with the employment of efficiency in our life generally and in our relationship would do us so much good in terms of skills transfer. Another area of this is something that I um considered when we had our son. Now because my wife is the one who does a lot of the meal preparations, she was planning to meal prep ahead of time so that I could have meals for months and months after she uh, gave birth to our son. Now, it had me thinking that when you have a newborn, you don't really have time for meal prep. There's just so much that's going on especially if you have a newborn while you have um an infant so you have two under two it's important to then uh, outsource a lot of the stuff that you would ordinarily do like if you can get a laundry service if you can get a cleaning service if you can get a cooking service now these are things that you pay for 
but what you're effectively paying for is not necessarily the service or the output that you're getting because you would have gotten it anyway by doing it yourself. But what you are paying for is an opportunity for you to use the time that you would have used preparing the meals, um, doing the laundry, doing cleanup. You have that time to then use doing other stuff like spending time with your newborn baby, spending time with your spouse, if you have a wife like myself, if you're a man like myself, um, and your wife is is recently uh, gone through labor, you can help her in that time. And this, these are all examples of outsourcing, but there are many applications of it. And the point is, you outsource only for you to have more time to spend together. Now, there's no point in outsourcing when it doesn't benefit you in a way that um, positively affects your relationships. Like, for an example, people who have all these services on a normal day-to-day, but all their time is spent in the hustle and the grind. You, you must prioritize your marriage, you must prioritize your relationship. And in this way, I believe that when you do this, you will inadvertently be creating a vibrant sex life because like i said in previous episodes the quality of your relationship is directly linked to the quality of your sex life and in the same way the quality of your conversations is directly linked to the quality of your relationship so if you don't have time to have these conversations you are likely to um, have a very difficult relationship and probably and very highly likely have a very uh, bland and a very cold sexual relationship with your spouse, if any relationship at all. So, yeah, those are the things that I think are key to take note of and to be mindful of when you have um, what I call bundles of joy, when you have little ones in the house and managing your relationship now this one has been mostly centered around relationships than it is about sex at face value that so that's what it appears as but as i said earlier on the quality of your relationship is directly linked to the quality of your sex life and if you look at a lot of people who have sexual issues in their marriage say for those who have like physical issues that require medical attention. I'm talking about people who have issues like they don't have a satisfactory sex life. They are struggling to have some level of consistency in that area. It's usually a symptom and it's a symptom of a relationship that is dysfunctional. If they fix the relationship, the sexual problems kind of take care of themselves. But if they attack the sexual problems, then they tend to destroy whatever is left of the relationship. And it is not really something that ends very well. Now, in closing, I hope you are enjoying your parenting journey. If you are still a parent, if not, I pray that you get the intervention of the Lord and he aids you in that situation of um, you're not possibly enjoying your parenthood journey. And I also hope that you were blessed by this message and that you will share it with someone else, especially your spouse, so you can have um, 
meaningful conversations around this and other areas that are covered in this podcast. For now, thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned for more. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Stay blessed. Shalom.